what's coming up on today's experience. Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but they contain the lotto numbers if you actually listen closely to them. <laughs> All right. Just gonna laugh there. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming out sooner than you think. We've been doing a little bit of rhyming with the goofy news. Here's our new one. Ready? Follow the media, you might get schizophrenia. <laughs> Not bad. Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use probably won't if we sit on our blessed assurance humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio job? And the answer is because I'm just stupid enough to have one. How about you? There you go. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. The David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400,000 milliseconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. Good night. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> we just, just, Professional radio. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, come on. We don't know what we're doing. You know what you're doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Even the people who act like they know what they're doing, we already know they don't know what they're doing. We're just admitting it. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. That thingy, you know, how aware are we that the enemy, Satan, the devil, Beelzebub, knows who we are. How aware are we of that truth? Interesting. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, please don't let it die of loneliness. Just reach out to us and give us a call, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you call 972 972- Four four five zero seven seven zero. You'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, cause you are talking to kid a dynamite. Dynamite. All right, talking to Dynamite D. That's like meeting with a brother that you've never met before, but feeling like you've known him your whole life. That is a wonderful feeling. It is absolutely fantastical. We even go beyond fantastic. We go into fantastical. That's how deep we go. Here it is in a nutshell. You might have something that you got going on. And you might say, Dave, I want to call, but ooh, the phone, scary. Okay, well, then you can text us live during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Here we go. 214-210-8483. Let's mow the grass. Okay, so there you go. You got that going on. You can do it that way. Additionally, you can send uh, an email. 
live during the show. As long as my uh, Chromebook keeps plugging in and turning on, that's okay. Is it still me. working? It is. <laughs> you get worried when you plug it in, and it and, and the screen comes up and goes, not much longer, Dave, and then it, that part disappears. You kind of worry about that because that tells you something's going on. Anyway, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's David, D-A-V-I-D, the whole name David, not anything less or anything more, at hemustincrease.org. Additionally, we're going to send you up to the website. Man, do I got some news for you. Nobody's heard this. Dynamite D hasn't heard this. Nobody's heard this. Get ready. Here's some news. One of the things that has happened in the last 48 hours. Oh, the last 48 hours? Yeah. Is guess what we're going to be adding back into the show? What? Something that Dynamite D's never had a chance to participate in. What? Interviews are coming back to the show. Live interviews wow. of ministers and ministries. We have a ministry that we're going to be working with called Choose to Soar Ministries. And uh, my nice said that perfectly, but just wait. So anyway, I uh, had contact with them. We're going to talk on Friday and coordinate something. Also, Pastor Lash of the Murray Lake Church, he's going to be. That's where we're speaking on July 2nd. He is going to come in and uh, to the studio. And we're going to spend some time together. He's got a just we we met on Friday. Dude has got a great testimony. You know, you hear pastors and you think, oh, you know, straight lace, everything. You got to hear his testimony. It's great. So we're going to do that. Plus, we're going to be adding other things. Just keep in mind this, okay? We are open to interviews. That means that if you've got a ministry and it's really solid, you can reach out to us. If we can make the connection, great. There's two big things. One, we don't pay for interviews. And two, we don't get paid for interviews. We interview for the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God. If you hear an interview and the ministry is not for you, don't go, boo, boo, like a three-year-old. Just go, eh, yeah, that one's not for me. It's probably for somebody else. Just relax. We're going to make sure everything is Christ-centered. But it's okay. You have different ministries. You learn about different things that God is doing in different parts of the body. Now, isn't that fun? That's that fun. is, Dave. And I was thinking about that. I never asked. I was like, man, are we going to do interviews? But I didn't ask. Uh, the COVID protocols had been just so deeply in place. So Don and I uh, had a connection you know communication over the weekend and we have he has graciously lifted <laughs> what's the word i'm looking for well i signed off on it yeah lifted those and said yeah dave do whatever you do what you want okay so we do have that that's going to be t uh taking place uh, and i do believe tanya is going to be the one from the uh the choose disorder ministries that participates with us she'll probably be first because Pastor Lash won't do it till closer to the summer, but I'm just letting you guys all know. And that's just part of the fun. We just kind of develop and keep growing, keep doing stuff. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, in the meantime, there's this other thing I like to talk about. Oh, I love to talk about. It's my favorite thing. I like you to put your hand in your pocket and pull out the green that does make this. Okay, no. Here's what I'm looking for. If you can give, great. You're not getting anything for it except for a thank you and a tax deduction receipt at the end of the year since we are tax deductible. Uh, bottom line to that process is we're not going to send you a cupcake or a Maserati. You are helping us uh, advance the ministry. That's it. That's all you're getting. Not getting a penny in acrylic so that we can go, you'll be penny. You'll never be penniless if you hang on to this. Yes, we're not doing that. No special water? No. no this is special water. Why? Because <laughs> it wasn't from Flint, Michigan. Okay, that's why. All right, we'll uh, send you up to the website. Please give if you can, he must increase.org.
prayer request. Hemosincrease.org. Praise report. Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. That's all, folks. Now, see, now I love that. <laughs> that's that's your speed. That's that is my mentality, let alone my speed. That is like. That is my brainwave right there. You know, it's so uh, interesting. It's just uh, just the grace of God. Now, guess what? That all happened. I had this teaching, prepped this teaching about two weeks ago, so all the interview stuff happened. Guess what I'm teaching on now? And a lot of people don't realize this, and boy, some people might have a hard time. So if you're listening, I, I'm teaching the Word. You can either receive it or not receive it. We don't do itching ears. Uh, I have really big ears, and occasionally they itch, right? We're not doing that for the Word of God. And so ironically, guess where we are? We're in 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're at verse 8 and 9 and 10, 11, and 12. And guess what section that is? Oh, talking about women in the church. Isn't that funny? Uh-oh, Dave. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we don't shy away. This is what it says. You just have to deal with it. And if you don't like it, then you just, you know, the biggest thing we tell people is you don't like it, number one, tough, and number two, argue with God. Okay, you wonder why you argue with me? I didn't write this. Okay. Here we go. Let's pick it up on the good part of it. The next part of it will be a little tougher. We're going to actually back it up to that verse 8 that we talked about last week, and that is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I desire that men pray everywhere. Lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Now, we talked about that last week in lifting up holy hands, the universal sign of surrender. I was at church yesterday, and something else dawned on me while people are doing that. So people are lifting up hands. It's not a charismatic church. It's not a Baptist church, kind of in-betweeny church, kind of like a Baptocostal church. And so some people lift up their hands. Some people don't. Some people stand. Some people sit. Nobody's really doing a lot of spitting nickels, so that's kind of nice because that's just kind of drawing attention to themselves. But I did notice something, and that is some people lift their hands up, and they're very much like in a surrender position. Other people lift their hands up, and it looks like they're trying to receive. And so I'd like to amend that a little and say, I think that's also an accurate thing to say, that when people are lifting up their hands, it's kind of like somebody throws you the ball, you put your hands out, you want to receive. Okay. I think that's kind of cool. I don't have a problem with that. And then it says this, In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and uh, moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Now, you do have to apply this cultural element, and you might not agree, and that's okay. But back in that day, while Paul was writing Timothy, the women who braided their hair and then wore all the expensive jewelry were all the prostitutes. So in this case, so in our society, that's a little different. And in 1 Corinthians, it says, judge for yourselves. There's there's this little element here where it's like, all right, I mean, that's not saying you can never braid your hair. That's just, I mean, that's a little that's a little legalistic. But I understand if you want to go that route, and there are some churches that do that. That's not what the message is trying to, that's not what Paul's trying to communicate. You know what Paul's trying to communicate? Don't dress to seduce. I mean, what? What? And don't tell me women don't do that. Men do that, too. It's just as stupid. It's just as stupid no matter what direction it goes. Hey, dress appropriate. Look good? That's great. Trying to look seductive if you're married? That's terrible. Looking good for your man? Fantastic. Looking good for other men to oogle you? Horrible. It's not, this isn't 
this isn't rocket science. The next section we get in is rocket science. This is not it. And so he's just simply saying, you know, adorn yourselves in modest apparel. You do it with moderation, you know. You don't have to wear a $5,000 dress to look good. God made you look good. You look good. Relax. And the person you're with obviously thinks that you look good. That person's with you. Don't dress to impress others. Dress, watch this. Oh, I got one. You're going to have to write this down. Don't dress to impress. Dress to bless. Ha ha! I got to get a rhyme book. <laughs> I just have to. Don't dress to impress. Dress to bless. So if you're, you and your husband, if you are connected to a man and he loves the way you look and he likes a certain clothing, that's fine. Just don't dress to entice outside of the relationship. That's what he's talking about. And people are trying to make this, well, no. See, it says this or it says it. Relax. Okay? Now, I think my wife looks great all the time and everything. That's just how I am. But then... I have a, a deep, heavy-duty preference in, for my wife. I love who she is and everything about her, and her spirit makes her ten times more beautiful than any clothing could ever. Okay, I got it. Doesn't mean she doesn't dress every once in a while for me. She just doesn't dress for anyone else. Get it? All right. Take our break and then come back. It's amazing you're still with me. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The Christian faith is being attacked. Fifty years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. What is the David Spoon experience? Very brief teaching. Follow along with it. It's not very complex. Luke chapter 8, verse 16 through 18. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you listen. For to one who has, more will be given. And from one who has not, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. Like, ow! Okay, first of all, the big teaching here is listening. We just talked yesterday about being present. This is part of that. It's kind of like a part two on that, okay? And by present means be there. When people are talking, listen. Be there and be a part of it. It's very clear that God, by testimony, has given us two ears and one mouth. What does that mean? We should listen twice as much as we talk. 
which means I do a lot of listening. Sure. Anyway, uh, but my ears are big, so it helps. Uh, James 119, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear and then slow to speak and slow to anger. It tells us in the scripture by command to be quick to hear, to listen. Now, the difference is hearing is receiving sound decimals and listening is making sense of those sound decimals. So don't just hear, but listen. Make sense of what you're hearing. Make sense of what's being processed. And it's an ironic that Jesus said, take care how you listen. When you hear something and it's kingdom, seize it. Hang on to it. Hold it. Don't let it drift away. Because if the enemy has an opportunity to take it away or to befuddle it, that's the first time I've used that word in a long time, to, 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 to quench it. If he has an opportunity to do that in your life, he will. He's an enemy. He's not your friend. Satan's your enemy. So you got to be aware of that. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a penalty. As with oh, welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where if you think that thing was controversial, we just talked about, oh, wait, about 90 seconds. All right, here's your first trivia question. Not that difficult, I believe. I think many of you will get this uh, without a lot of problem. That's kind of my confidence here. Okay. Who told Job in his troubles, curse God and die? Since we're going to be teaching on Job, I'm going to do five things on Job. So here's your first one. Who told Job in his trouble to curse God and die? Okay. If you think you know the answer, let's see, you can. Reach out by calling 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. We do have somebody ready to answer, and we're going to give them that chance. We'll probably have to push the DNA back because of the teaching I'm about to do. But uh, let's have them come through and answer that trip question. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, Gary. I had a, a pretty good weekend. We rearranged our living room. <laughs> so I'm still hurting a little from that. <laughs> I just don't like the, but it looks good. So you know, I got nothing to say. Uh, but I'm doing pretty good. I'm, you know, uh, not 100%, but not less than 80%. So that's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> well, I've been praying for you all, and I'll continue to pray for you. Thank you, brother, and especially for Noelle. She's going to these next two weeks. She's looking to do 75 or 80 hours this week and next week. So it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of I'm not seeing her. So that's going to be a lot of uh, frustration. So please keep us in prayer. All right, let's 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 do this. And I appreciate your prayers, by the way. Let's do this. Who told Job in his troubles to curse God and die? His wife. That is correct, Amundo. His wife, or as Al said, Miss Job, which is fine. <laughs> so, like the idea that 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 though she doesn't get, there's not a lot of play in there for her, but she went through those. I mean, she went through troubles too. I mean, the trial wasn't focused on her in the sense of the the bragging, but she lost the kids, she lost the anger, she lost this all that stuff too. 
I always felt bad for her in that capacity. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it doesn't surprise me. So, excellent, bro. Well, and God bless you, and I'll continue to pray for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye. Have a great week. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to do our uh, DNA later. Just remind me, i got to do it. If I don't do it, I'll cry. So you don't want me crying because we only have so many tissues left in this uh, studio. So we do want to get into this teaching, and I know some of you are like, uh-oh, here comes the big teaching. It's like this is not even the biggest of controversial teachings, but it's important to understand. And I'm going to tell you my position, and you're not required to follow my position. I've made that exceedingly clear. I'm just telling you what it says. I don't believe it's cultural for the time in the context of. I believe the principle still applies. It's just, you know, how do you apply it? And so we go right from that into verse 11. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first and then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness, and self-control. Ton of controversial potentials there, right? I'll make this super straightforward. The woman that cannot teach, it does not mean she cannot teach in a public setting in the sense of encouraging, testifying, or prophesying, because if that's the case, then you've got a real problem. So Acts 2.17, Acts 18.26, Acts 21.9, 1 Corinthians 11.5, Philippians chapter 4, verse 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 again, all give permission for women not just to teach, but in fact, they are commanded to teach other women. That's number one. Number two, they are commanded to encourage. And number three, everybody is commanded to share the gospel. So just there's no, you can't get away from the evangelism part. You can't get away from the exhortation part or the uh, proclamation of truth part or even to a certain degree the education part. What we know as we read this, and this is why context is important, chapter 3 talks about the person who's desiring an office of a bishop. A bishop is not a pastor, though I think there's a lot of similarities, just in case you're wondering. Okay, But the bishop authority in this particular element is somebody who stands and makes declarations of doctrinal truths. And what Paul is saying is, hey, you know what, you're not as healthy here. You, you can't have a woman in a position where she's hammering out doctrine for the church. That is not a good idea. And that's what he says. You think, well, that doesn't seem fair. Tough. <laughs> That's my response. And you think, well, what? And some people take it to more of an extreme. So just listen to what I'm saying. Some people say, well, they can't say anything in a, in a church. Really? Because the Bible specifically commands women to teach younger women. So that's wrong. It commands that women have the opportunity to prophesy in church and, and prophecy speaking unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. So, okay, so that's wrong. They are commanded to proclaim the gospel. So you can't say that they can't teach somebody the gospel. That's wrong. What they can't do is teach doctrinal declarations, bishop-style positions of doctrine, and that's where Paul brings in the argument between Adam and Eve. It's like, look, you know, they knew what was right. Eve t- kind of took what Satan said, twisted that, gave it to Adam. Adam followed along because he wasn't supposed to do that. Adam got in trouble for it. Eve got in trouble for it. Snake got in trouble for it. But he's like, no, you can't do that. That's wrong. 
That's not acceptable. And I understand that some people are going to want to bounce all around this, okay? If I had 10 hours, I promise you we can cover every nuance. But here's the truth. It doesn't mean that a woman can never speak in church. When it says in 1 Corinthians 14, let your women keep silent in the churches for they're not permitted to speak. Just wait. And they're, they're to be submissive as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home. The reason it says that in 1 Corinthians 14 is because the men sat on one side and the women sat on the other side. And if a woman did not understand something, you know what she'd do? Hey, Harvey, Harvey, what does that guy mean? What does that, what does he say? Right in the middle of the service. And if you really want to get into the technical argument, Paul only says that in 1 Corinthians 14 to wives. Because he specifically says, they want to learn something, ask your husbands when you get home. So that's that's kind of a separate entity, although it's humorous. But it's, you know, he's like going, hey, don't do that in the middle of a church service. That's not okay. And the real breakdown to this whole thing is that this is a doctrinal position because Timothy has been in encouraged and commanded by Paul to preserve doctrine, teach right doctrine. He does it again in 1 Timothy and in 2 Timothy. Now he's talking about bishops and their qualifications, and he's telling you up ahead of time, yeah, this is not a position for a woman. Well, it's just unfair. Okay, get this. All right? The woman carries the baby, not the man. The man helps in the process. They both have a little bit of fun. The impregnation takes place from the man to the woman. And I don't care what any woke joke or ridiculous people say. That's the process. And a woman is not thought of less than God in God's mind than a man. That's absurdity since God made his best creation, Adam, and then fine-tuned it by making a woman. So there's no weirdness there. Stop doing that stuff. That's just bizarre. What is important is to understand that God has given everybody a responsibility and a position. And if you don't like your position or responsibility and think you should have more, then you sound a lot like Eve, who said, no, I'm sorry, I, I need to be more like God. And then Adam, who followed along with that. That's sinful. Keep your place in the garden. What's the problem? And you'll find fulfillment in life and grace and mercy and kindness. And we don't even get to talk about the, the other, which I'm going to have to come back next week and talk about the salvation and the salvation and childbearing. There's four views on that. You think, you really going to do that? Yeah, we're going to have to cover that because it's in the book, okay? I would love to hear that, Dave. Yeah, we're going to cover that for sure. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? The word gospel means good news. Now, that's fun. That's funny in the sense that when people think of God, they always think of judgment and wrath. But the fact of the matter is God even creating us gives us a sense of understanding that there is a commitment, a love, a connection to us. And that is, get ready, good. That's a good thing. So if you take a look around— Right? Just take a little look around. If you watch television, listen to the radio, like us, search the internet, get on Facebook, read magazines. The one thing that you're going to notice that there is very little gospel or good news in the world. You want to know why? One, good news doesn't sell. So let's just be honest, right? 
If you've been in media for any length of time, you know if it bleeds, it leads. That's the mindset. And it has to do with money. It has to do with power. So that, that power, that money, that influence, which actually has a demonic origin, but that all is connected towards not good news. Because not good news means that you'll be paying attention because there's so much going on. In fact, there's a fear, a terror, an anxiety, a doubt, even a doom that's within the world. And here's the kicker. If you are personally experiencing these diseases in your life, it's likely that you and I are allowing foul influences of the world to affect us. But Jesus brought a different slant on life. In John 14, 27, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Well, why not as the world gives? Because everything the world gives is a lie. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. When we live our lives more freely from trouble, it means that we're walking more closely with the king of kings. He wants us to be free from fear and trouble in the worldly sense. So we, the question is, how is our heart doing? How are we doing on the inside? Are we free or are we in bondages? Because remember, Jesus did come to set the captives free, right? In Psalm 112, verse 7, King David writes, He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. We need to be free from troubled and fearful hearts. 770 KAAM, Garland, Dallas, Fort Worth.